Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan. And I'm Jenny Beck-Esme. So Swami, this has nothing to do with what we're actually going to talk about today, but before we get to our core content, I wanted to tell you about a crazy case. I had this lady who came in for altered mental status, failure to thrive. Turns out she's an AFib with RVR, no big deal, get her converted, but when we start getting her labs back, her sodium is 175. Ooh, that's, she's like a salt lick. She was a salt lick. Not only was she a salt lick, she was kind of a cookie because her sodium was 175 and her sugar was 862. Wow. So that oh, that's particularly oh. impressive because, you know, it should push the sodium down a little bit, right? A little dilutional hyponatremia. It was crazy. That's incredible. So the only things in her, her blood, the only thing in her blood was sodium and salt, like, and sugar. salt, salt, sugar. salt, and sugar. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Um, she had a hyperosmolar hyperglycemic syndrome. Um, she also her lactate was five point three. Her troponin was two. Total disaster. I think it was just wow. a you know kind of age related. She had stopped taking PO a couple weeks before. Was refusing her insulin. Blah, That's blah, blah. Uh, no. Those are some pretty incredible numbers. Now I'm going to go the other direction. I had a patient last year. Patient was hundred and three years old. Came in with some <laughs> vague weakness, and his sodium was ninety nine. Wow. 99. So if you put wow. the two of them together, they would have a normal sodium. We should right, match then... them up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be the right thing to do. 99. And he actually walked to the bathroom. He refused the Foley catheter. Said, no, 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 no. I got this. And he walked to the bathroom. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, I wonder I, how long he had been at 99. I mean, it's got to be months, right? I, it's, he is, must have been trending down for such a long time. He was like A&O times three. I'm sitting, we're sitting, like, jaws agape staring at this guy like, you are not physiologically compatible with life. Right. That's what, that's what I felt. I first got the sodium of 160-something on the blood gas, and I was like, I bet it's wrong. We'll see. Because I knew at that point her finger stick was greater than 450, and I was like, right. so 160-something is actually a 170-something. I was like, no way. Don't believe it. Basic came back. Sure enough, there it was. Damn, that is incredible. Incredible. <laughs> well, totally different than what we're going to talk about today. Totally so different. What, what are we going to cover today? So this week, one of our fourth year soon-to-be attending people, Sarah Yi, gave a journal update. She taught us a new hands-free technique for reducing atraumatic temporomandibular joint dislocations or TMJ dislocations. I am dying to have an opportunity to try this. Yeah, I agree. This technique looks pretty slick. Now, the article Sarah talked about was from the Journal of Emergency Medicine called The Syringe Technique, a hands-free approach for the reduction of acute non-traumatic temporomandibular dislocations in the emergency department. We're going to drop a link to that article in the show notes. So, Jenny, let's start with a little background on the TMJ dislocation. TMJ dislocations are usually the consequence of excessive mouth opening, for example, tooth extraction, laughing, yawning, or taking a large bite of food. The most common type of dislocation is the anterior dislocation. This occurs when the mandibular condyle is displaced anterior to the articular eminence of the temporal bone. Going back to our anatomy, the pterygoid, masseter, and temporalis muscles work to open and close the jaw. The lateral and external pterygoid muscle lowers the mandible and opens the jaw, whereas the medial and internal pterygoid, masseter, and temporalis muscles close the jaw. These muscles generate some tremendous force when closing the jaw. So when the TMJ dislocates, these super strong muscles create a ton of tension that is very difficult to overcome in traditional reduction techniques. The traditional method for reducing this requires the physician to manually apply a great deal of force to the patient's jaw. 
Basically, the doc puts their thumbs inside the mouth and pushes downward and then glides the mandible posteriorly and hopefully back into place. Now, that's, of course, guessing that most of these dislocations are going to be anterior. Um, and since that's the way that they're mostly displaced, we're going to push them posterior. Now, this usually requires procedural sedation, both for patient comfort and probably more importantly for relaxation of those muscles, that spasm. If you don't do that, it's really hard to get this reduction to work. So not only do the standard methods require procedural sedation with all the IV placement and paperwork that that entails, but there is the risk of inadvertent mandible or condylar fractures being caused during the procedure. And of course, as always, when sticking your fingers in a patient's mouth, there's always the risk that the provider is going to get bitten. So that's no good. Yeah, I remember whenever you do this, you like wrap your thumbs in gauze and tape them together. So you have a little bit of a pad in case they bite down on you. And I'm like, yeah, so these muscles are spasming so much that I can barely reduce this person, but that little bit of gauze is what's going to protect me when they snap shut and clamp right, down on my I, thumbs. Right, because it's not like the patient wants to bite you, but right. these muscles are doing all sorts of things that they can't control, and suddenly it pops back into place. Of course it's going to snap shut. Absolutely. Now, there are some external methods. That's the, sort of the internal approach for reduction. There's an external method as well that Academic Life and Emergency Medicine detailed with a video, and we'll drop a link to that in the show notes. I haven't had as much luck with that external manipulation, although after watching this video, I'm going to give it another try. All of this being said, this is sort of where the hands-free technique comes in. So all you need here is a syringe. No IV, no IV meds, no consent or timeout forms to fill. And Jenny, you know, I had to do this the other day when you guys were in conference. It took me 35 minutes to fill out all the forms. It oh, was I know. ridiculous. I know. So <laughs> the syringe can be five or 10 milliliters. And you're going to decide that based on the size of your patient and the width that they can open their mouth. With the patient in a sitting position, you place the syringe between the posterior upper and lower molars or gums on the affected side. Ask the patient to gently bite down and grasp the syringe and then roll the syringe back and forth in a kind of rocking motion. And as you do that rocking back and forth, it's actually going to allow that mandible to reduce back into position. Now, Sarah made a great video of this to show how it's done, and we'll have that in the Corium site as well. So this technique uses the patient's own jaw muscle strength to glide the condyle back to its normal anatomical position without any extra forces applied by the physician. It's really beautiful. So the study that the article reviews was performed with a convenient sample in the emergency department at two university teaching hospitals with an annual ED census of 62,000 and 108,000. 31 adults who presented for non-traumatic TMJ dislocations were enrolled. 30 of those 31 patients, or 97%, were successfully reduced, and 24 of the 31, or 77%, were successfully reduced in less than one minute. That's incredible. That's, it's crazy. Yeah. The one patient that was not reduced successfully using this new technique had no teeth, and she was she or he, I guess, was unable to grasp the syringe between the gums well enough to participate. Yeah, so I think this is pretty incredible because in my experience, I mean, I've only done a handful of mandible reductions. None of them were reduced in under a minute because, you know, it takes a minute just to put the IV in and give them some pain medication. And I definitely have not hit a 97% success rate. I, I'd say out of the, I don't know, maybe dozen or so mandible dislocations that I've had, probably about eight or nine of them we successfully put back in without procedural sedation and the other three needed procedural sedation. Mm -hmm. Now, it should be noted that traumatic 
TMJ dislocations were originally included in the study, but they had such a high failure rate, they ultimately took them out of the study sort of as a post hoc analysis. It seemed to the study authors that the difficulty with using this technique in the traumatic TMJ dislocations came down to the amount of soft tissue swelling in the mandible area and the associated trismus and pain. This also interfered with getting the syringe properly placed for the technique. In addition to that, the study only examined anterior dislocations, so we don't know if this is going to work for posterior or lateral dislocations, and traumatic TMJ dislocations tend to be lateral and posterior a little bit more frequently than anterior. So to summarize for you, atraumatic TMJ dislocations can be hard to reduce using traditional methods, but this new hands-free method has been described and shows great promise for rapidly, easily, and more safely reducing these anterior dislocations. Try placing a five or 10 milliliter syringe between the patient's molars and ask them to rock the syringe back and forth. Like magic, the mandible may just relocate itself. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Make sure to go over to the site, check out the videos that we've got for this syringe technique for mandible reduction, and go on over to Academic Life and Emergency Medicine and check out their external manipulation reduction technique. You should have all of these different things in your bag. Visit us on Facebook if you like the site, check us out on Google+, and if you don't mind, pop over to iTunes and give us a review. Give us a good review if you like the podcast, and if you don't, go ahead and give us some feedback on how we can improve. Also follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at 4 underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.